Hi, welcome to the Us and Kids podcast. I am your host, Jan Talon. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, a wife, a mom, and a grandma. This Us and Kids podcast is about how to be married forever while you parent together. We know it's not an easy task, and so I just encourage you to subscribe to Us and Kids in your favorite podcasting app. I'm glad you're here so that your marriage and your home can be fulfilling and so very good. Well, you know, earlier this month in the podcast right before this episode 117, we talked about becoming new parents and how to manage some of that adjustment, all of the things that can mess up and some of the ways to keep it pulled together. We talked a little bit about how to not become entangled like a pretzel, but instead hugging and being connected with each other like a pretzel. One topic we sort of left out of that was a topic that's really important in this adjustment to becoming new parents. So I wanted to give a whole episode to it, not just mixing it in with the other parts of the conversation of becoming new parents. This significant section is about how to be and become a couple again. This is the us part of us and kids. It's the you and me, the husband-wife part, the partnering part. This part of us and kids and of marriage is so important because our research has told us over and over again that these early years of parenting is often where the seeds and the sniffs and the little parts of disconnectedness and discontentedness begin to develop. When one person wants to wear the mom or dad hat and the other person is looking for, can't we be husband, wife? Can't we be married? And you sort of bumble your way through that, but the disconnected and the discontent sort of slowly grow and seep into, builds up over the years, and the seeds of divorce begin to grow. You and I both know when we become new parents, it can become all-consuming for either one of us or both of us. And so the marriage, the you and me, the the in-the-bedroom babe, can tend to get put off to the side or under the bed instead of in the bed. Okay, this is normal for a month or so after the birth of your little one because the adjustments that our brains and our bodies have to make are truly significant and are often all brain and all body encompassing emotionally, physiologically, spiritually, relationally. It can really tip our whole world upside down. It's not wise to keep the intimate love and joy of your marriage tucked away. It is wise to figure out how to integrate that intimate love and joy into this adjustment of having a new little one into your house, maybe your bedroom, and into your hearts and your minds. And so that's why this topic gets its own time and space is because we're working hard to make sure that the little one 
doesn't create enough space to give room for disconnect and discontentedness to seep into your relationship. In my conversations with so many new parents over time, the common comment is about how strange it was that the very act that was so fun before babies is the very thing that one of us wants not much of anything to do with after baby. Everyone recognizes that sleep deprivation is a significant segment of that I don't want to. But that's not all of the story. It's a small part of the story and of the adjustment that happens. There's the part about feelings and the part about emotional capacity. It's the part that often one or both might say, I just don't feel sexy anymore. I've totally turned off my husband or my wife hat. It can happen both ways, folks. And they're like, I just have to pour all of my psychic energy, all of my physical energy into being a parent. And their capacity to be touched or needed is filled by connecting with your little one instead of with each other. This is not a good place to stay. It's not an uncommon place to be. It's not a good place to stay. You know, often after six weeks, your doctor will say to you that sex with your honey would be just fine. Body is all good. And you might think, not on my life, nothing is fine. And if your spouse went with you to that appointment or asked you how it was, he might be having his own worries. What will it feel like to be close again? How do I do this? He might wonder. I don't know. Her body's all different. I don't know how it will feel for me. I don't know how it will feel for her. There's nursing going on. A whole bunch of other questions around that. These are real obstacles. They are real, and they are movable. They are adjustable when you work together. So instead of just being dead, done, tired, exhausted, consider that intimacy might bring some closeness, some compassion, and some consideration in the hugging, in the holding, in the relaxing close to each other, even if there's not a lot of other personal skin contact, that being very close to each other can give emotional strength and courage. Do that. Sleep by each other. Hug each other. Rub each other's backs. Hold hands. Kiss. Look in each other's eyes because those things are so important in fighting that postpartum depression that can happen to mom and can happen to dad. Those things fight the loneliness that a couple can often feel between each other because they're so busy doing all the other baby things. This hugging, holding, touching, kissing builds hope and courage. You both need each other. Parenting is a huge job. 
You need to do it together. Touch and hold because it builds that hope. It builds that courage and it reawakens and reconnects those adult loving spaces. Remember, we just said we need those adult spaces to stay really nicely snugged together so that the seeds of divorce cannot sneak in. And this is part of the reason why intimacy is important. Well, there are several physical and mental spaces that can impact our desire for this intimate closeness. We're just going to name them and talk through them a little bit and be able to say, here's something you might do. Part one, hormones can be a mishmash, just a mess. Estrogen and progesterone are all messed up and they can mess up sexual desire. That doesn't mean we stop having sexual desire. It means we talk about it. Remember, that emotional connection here is so important to helping those hormones reset. So talk about it. But also, remember that sometimes when the hormones aren't really cooperating, maybe unusual for you because you thought, I don't need that, I'm not over 60, I'm not postmenopausal. But a little lubrication here sometime can be helpful. And also, together, if you can just talk with each other about what feels good now. This is personal conversation. I agree with you. But asking each other, does that feel okay? Does that hurt? Do you like that better now? Ask each other and listen and respond. I agree. You're thinking, but it won't be the same. It might not be the same. But I can tell you there's a very good chance it's going to be better. If the hormones don't settle out some, after six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, talk with your doctor again. My guess is that then you're also working with some postpartum depression, and we want that to get balanced out reasonably quickly. So don't let that go on too long. Another thing that can mess things up is sort of just our own internal fear. It can happen on the guy's part as well as the girl's. And that is this fear that intercourse is going to hurt. I'll hurt her. I don't want to hurt her. Did you see what she just did having a baby? There's no way I'm going to hurt her again. Usually it doesn't. But I think it's worth talking about being very tender and gentle. It could feel different. It often grows to feel better and more satisfying. But remember, I know you're tired, but take the few minutes to just say, you okay? How can I help? Is this better? Be willing to stop, to pause, or to just say, that's all I got for tonight, babe, and respect each other's requests. As you learn how to do this, take your time. You've got your lifetime to do this. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time or the second time you reconnect. Let your minds relax. Let your bodies relax. Use it as a comforting source in a reconnection, patiently and gently. Then that fear will slowly go away. Another thing that can get in the way, at least it can seem like it can, is when the mama is nursing. 
I think it's one of the best ways you can satisfy your baby's needs. I think it's wonderful for a mama's body as she tries to reset. But it can mess up sometimes how we connect sexually with each other. You get to talk. Some moms will say, that's just baby space right now. Don't bother. Sometimes they just wear a bra. It's just the, the messaging there that happens. Some moms will say, oh, I like the dual um, sort of purpose. This is a conversation, and it has to be done with respect and with tenderness and remembering that this is not a lifetime. This is a time in your baby's life where mama's body is going to be shared for a bit. Dads, where you can, remember that nursing is feeding your baby some of the best nutrients it will ever get in its entire life. It sets this baby's brain up for so much good in terms of development and resilience. Share that part with your baby and with your spouse. Another thing that sometimes can get in the way, especially about how a mom might feel, I know it was often true for me, was... What happened to my body? Where is me? And me, in this shape, would never want to snuggle next to somebody else. It has no sexual um, beauty to it. Everything fits weird, feels weird, and sort of turns my brain off, doesn't turn my brain on. Women, I want you to remember that often, your husbands are looking at you with new admiration for what your body did. And they're, they're looking to be close to you as their wife. They're far less judgy about your shape and about what your clothes look like. They're much more about whether or not you are available to them as an adult. And whether or not you will come and wear the wife hat as he wears the husband hat. Talk with each other about how this is going. And when somebody gives you a compliment, accept it. Don't say you're lying. Just say, why, thank you. I'm not sure I fully can absorb that right now, but thank you for saying so. Because as you accept those compliments, it will help to fight off this other thing that can really squash desire, and that is depression. A postpartum depression is usually talked about as being worn and internalized by the mom, and that would be mostly based in the hormonal segment of their body resetting. But husbands as well can have quite a sort of a drop in the whole woe. What just happened to us? And the worry and the confusion can set into both of you. And depression, postpartum or otherwise, is a sexual energy squelcher. And it wrecks sexual closeness. But I can remind you that spending some time Connecting with each other, snuggling with each other, even if it's not actual sort of really snuggly intimacy. Sexual closeness and cuddling can help to reduce the depression 
if you wait for the depression to go away before you are intimate, you give a lot of room for those seeds of divorce. Work with staying really connected with each other, even if there's some depression. So sometimes that's touching and cuddling, but remember that eye contact, laughing, holding hands, reaffirming with each other your love, your appreciation, your admiration are also great ways to tell Mr. Depression he's not welcome in your house. Work it together because you, mom and dad, and husband and wife are worth it. Strangely enough, there's another one here that I hadn't given much thought to until I did a little more research. And the comment um, that I read about and studied a little bit was this piece about being jealous. I think that that didn't happen a whole lot in my relationship as we had kids. Maybe it did some. Um, But jealousy was the giving of all your energy, physically and emotionally, to the babies and the kiddos and not having any for your spouse or your relationship. Be careful here. The emotion and the behavior of being jealous, of not saving energy for each other, but putting it all into family life, all into just maintaining home, can plant those seeds of discontent and disconnection that are the core to that growth of divorce energy. What do you do? This is more of an intentional behavior. It's a decision within your mind and in your heart to save some energy for your spouse, for your marriage. Some people would set aside personal time. They would say, Thursday night is our time when I can do less and you can do less and we can have some energy in our bedroom. Some people try to save it for the weekend. I'm going to remind you that alcohol and pot do not really build better awareness or connection because they become a third party in your relationship. And so when you're going to really be with each other, especially if you're sort of fighting this, nobody has time for me, for me and my adult me, Lower the alcohol and other substances. Put your phones away and really connect with each other. Eye contact, touch, good, accepting, compassionate conversation. Not judgy, not snarky, not eye-rolly, but really appreciative conversation. And comments can go such a long way to lowering the jealousy and building up that connection. You'll find it's really enjoyable when you do that. Jealousy is an ugly space. Kick that guy as far to the curb as you can. Well, here are some practical situations that can also make your bedroom fun come undone. We just deal with a whole bunch of the emotional, sort of psychological babble that goes along with how to become really close and reconnected after baby. But here are some practical ones that I just want to remind you of that can make that fun become undone. It's not good. Hmm. Number one, there's a lot of practice in the co-sleeping and having babies right next to us. Our kiddos slept close to us as well. 
But sometimes when the baby is too nearby, then our intimacy has to become too quiet or too sneaky. And some people wonder, what fun is that? I think the two of you have to talk. And if baby is too nearby for you guys to have some fun, then you know what? Either move the baby or move yourself. But don't say, baby's too nearby so we don't. Fix it. You don't have to fix it for, like, hours. You just have to fix it for a time, right? Number two, sometimes we just have different priorities, and those will need to be talked about and adjusted, supported, and realigned. So we have to make that priority about breasts and body parts and how to have them integrated into both giving birth and being an adult. Now, this can happen for both of you or one of you. It's a significant conversation because it will help to hold you together. You have to talk about those priorities. What's the purpose of our bodies post-baby? Is it just to create more babies or is it to create really tight connection between the two of us as well? And some people will say, no, it feels like it's just for baby. Give each other space to adjust, to wonder, to reintroduce ideas. Not judgment, but compassion goes the space here that will help make bedroom fun, fun again. Another thing that can sort of undo bedroom fun is a divided attention. So this is, we're in bed together. There's plenty of skin, but my brain isn't here. My body can do all the things, okay? But I'm thinking and planning this and that and this and that and this and that. And I'm not really in the space of here I am with you. And usually the spouse can feel that. So, pay attention to your own self, please. Honor the marriage. Honor the person you're with. And give your brain and your person permission to go into that very, very married space for a little bit. It will rejuvenate you in a way that's refreshing and energizing. And your brain will be able to think about all of those other things you had to do, even when you're all done. You see, rebuilding and maintaining, connecting, not with touch, but with talk and with tenderness and tones, with smiles and with tears, are a part of this major life adjustment. No one really knows exactly how it's going to go. The importance of connecting. By being with each other, physically, as well as emotionally, financially, relationally, spiritually, so important. Work on it together. I said it a little bit ago, but it's this piece about remembering to compliment each other and to accept the compliment. It came from their heart and their truth. And it's true for them. So let it be true for you as you see it through their eyes. What is the harm? Let it be true. 
it helps us reduce our negative mindset. When Chipper would tell me how pretty or cute I was and I was in my sweatpants or my dirty, dirty shorts from working in the yard, my hair in a ponytail, no makeup on, it's 110 outside, I would roll my eyes. I felt gross and slimy and robotic. But he saw me as pretty. And sometimes he saw me as pretty intense. And he liked it. I had to grow up a little bit and accept that he saw through my exhaustion and still saw me pretty and cute. I'd take a sigh for a minute and say, well, thank you. I'm very slimy, but thank you. You see, when we take intentional time for each other, and yes, I am suggesting that you put time on the calendar like a date with a start time. Before your I have to go to sleep time, there's a time on the calendar that says, if we're going to snuggle, we have to be done with things by 8.20. Because I'm going to be sound asleep by 9 o'clock. If you're going to set that on to your calendar for Thursday nights, then do that. If it means sometime that you have to get a room, because that's really where you're going to relax and have the most fun, then go get a room. Just be sure to set your alarms to make sure you get home before the sitter comes looking for you, right? Take intentional time for each other. You might say, but what happened to spontaneity? And, you know, aren't you in the mood? And I'm like, yes, that's a real thing, too. This is intentional. Like eating is intentional and scheduled and satisfying. When we intentionally set aside time for each other, it helps us save the energy and prepare our mindset for being close. This takes courage, and courage does take energy and does take focus. So blend this time with not just what I'm going to call raw sex or quick sex, but fill it with sexy looks and feels. Fill it with conversation and romance. And blending the emotional connection with the spiritual and sexual connection can be very, very powerful and good for each other. Now, don't overpower the other. Use your power, your wants, your needs in a way that blends and pulls the two of you together. Be very sensitive to how your spouse is feeling and thinking and reacting. And bit by bit, you'll just snug your hearts and your emotions right close to each other in a very trusting and admiring and honoring way. So this means tell the truth. Your body is different. It may have some intense and intrusive experiences in very personal spaces. Those may be important for your spouse to know about and integrate into how you both make love with each other. See, if he doesn't know, he can't adjust. And no, he probably won't know just because he was there in the delivery room. It will probably be important for you to tell him with the details. And then you work together to get a new yet satisfying connection with each other. Did I say 
together. Remember that in the long run, your baby will grow up to be your child, and then your teenager, and then your adult child. And all of those kiddos through all of those growth stages are still going to want to copy you and how you are with other people. But especially, they want to copy how you are with each other. So show your kiddos, even now, that mom and dad are also husband and wife. The DNA method of communication that we teach in the Us and Kids Communication Program are great for helping this transition. You can join us there in that program because it's going to give you that opportunity to learn how to think and react to all those different marriage and parenting spaces in an effective, efficient, and compassionate way. Visit the Austin Kids website to get all the information about joining us. If you have a question, just use the contact form and email me. I'll gladly answer the question. We'll hop on a phone call together or we'll do it through um, written text, but we'll figure it out. Of course, for this podcast, because there's a lot of words here, we've made it printable and it's free and you can get it easily. There's also a free workshop on the website if you just want to pick up some quick tips right now. The workshop teaches three different scenarios and what to do about them. It's easy to find, it's easy to use, and it's easy to connect with us. I sure look forward to meeting you and talking with you soon. Have fun snuggling. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.